this Bible is alive. It's not like any other book. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians. Galatians. Chapter 2. You know, when we look at the Word of God and we see how God is speaking to us, I want every one of you to read this if you've got your Bibles with you. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ liveth in me. And the life of Life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm thankful this morning that when someone asked me, who did Jesus die for? He died for me. And I hope that everyone in this building can say he died for me. We are presently looking at some single scriptures that are so powerful, so complex, that they're able to stand alone. Galatians 2.20 is a beautiful scripture. One of the all-time Bible verses about life and living. I live up. I live up because Christ. I cannot tell you how many times I've read or quote this verse in the past 50 some years. But the reason, recently it was as though an entirely new phrase came out in this old verse. The life was I now live. The life was I now live. The life was I now live. What kind of life is it that we now live? Our first point is it's a crucified life. It's not important what I want. It's only important that I'm obedient to the word of God. I am crucified with Christ. It speaks of the termination of our old life, does it not? When we read, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. When Christ was crucified on the cross, I was crucified with him. Not literally, but spiritually speaking. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. 
Why shouldn't I serve God? Why shouldn't I read my Bible daily and pray daily and witness whenever he opens the door? It is Christ that liveth in me. The cross of Christ was a double cross. First, Christ was crucified for our sins. And we were crucified with Christ because we died to sin. That's a constant battle, isn't it? I'm dead to sin, but yet I find myself sinning. And even worse, I find myself enjoying it. God sees every man either in Adam or in Christ. If he sees us in Adam, he sees us dead in sin. You're here and lost. You're dead in sin. You may say to your friends, you may say to your parents, you may say to anybody, I love the Lord. I'm telling you, you don't. Because you're dead to him. If you're lost, you're dead to him. You're dead in your sins. And the only important thing is that I get my way. You that are saved, was that not what you wanted? It's Saturday night. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I lived that way. But 50 some years ago, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And now, when I get out of line, the joy goes. The happiness goes. Confusion comes into my life. See, God sees every man either in Adam or in Christ. He sees us dead in sin. He sees us in Christ. He sees us dead to sin. At this very moment, as God watches me, he sees me dead, buried, and risen in Christ. Why shouldn't I want the Lord to come back? This world has nothing to offer me. Because I'm a servant of the Lord and the world is against me. Even some Christians are against me. And they're against you if you make a stand. It is a fact that God died for me. And when he died, he died to the law. Christ's death satisfied the law. You know what he said in verse 19 of our Galatians? It's not what he said. Wherefore, Then serveth the law, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise is made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. 
Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. During the Civil War, a man by the name of George White was grown by a lot to go to the front. He had a wife and six children. A young man named Richard Pratt offered to go in his stead. He was accepted and he joined the ranks bearing the name under the number of George White. Before long, Pratt was killed in action. The authorities later sought again in draft George White into service. He protested. He protested, entering the plea that he had died in the person of Pratt. He insisted that the authorities consult their own records to the fact that his having died in identification with Pratt, his substitute, White, was thereby exempt as beyond the claims of law and further service. He died in the person of his representative. That's what Christ did for me. When the devil comes after me, I can say, I died in Christ. He paid my sin debt. He now lives in me in the form of the Spirit of God and I can see things that a lost man cannot see. I can understand things that a lost man cannot understand because the Holy Spirit lives within me. Praise God. Praise God. Second point we want to make is Christ's life. He said, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. This speaks of regeneration and identification of our life. The death and resurrection of Christ are not only historic events. He gave himself and now lives, but faith we share in them, we benefit for them. But as Paul said, said, yet not I. How much of your life is about you? Our plans, our ambitions, your influence, your opinions, how much of them is about you? I'm here to tell you this morning, you may say, well, this is my opinion of what this verse says. You may not agree with it, but this is my opinion. You don't have no opinion. If you're a child of God, because the Spirit of God lives in you and he directs you. Now, the only opinion that a saved person can have about the Word of God, if they're in fellowship with God, is what the Spirit says. The Christian life is a life of Imitation. You remember when that uh, little saying, what would Jesus do? 
The Christian life is a life of impartation. The distinctive mark is that Christ lives in us. Where did you go last night? Would you take Jesus with you? What do you plan to do after church? Would you take Jesus with you? Well, if you're saved, despite what a, a drunk told me one time, he said, when I go into the bar, I leave Jesus out here. No, you don't. If you're a child of God and you go into that bar and you sit on that stool and whatever you ordered, brother, it is going into the body that Jesus lives. Unless you believe he departs, he's in and out. But my Savior, he said, it is expedient that I go away. If I go not away, the Spirit will not come. But when I go away, I'll send the Spirit and he lives in you and I cannot Get rid of the Spirit until He comes and takes me and the Spirit back to glory. So when you listen to a filthy joke, the Spirit hears that. I just don't believe, you know, I just don't believe, you know, all that church stuff and all that Christianity stuff. Jesus loves me, this I know. We learned that in Bible school. Yeah, you memorized it. A lot of people have memorized the Bible, but they don't know the author. Come on now. Amen. Christian life is a life of impartation. You know what Paul said to the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5? 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. God said here, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be a reprobate. God said, examine yourself. You know. I went to the heart doctor here a few weeks ago. She said, everything looks good, but, uh, you know, you ought to take your blood pressure. You ought to check your blood. You ought to keep up to make sure that... What condition you're in right now doesn't change. It can happen so fast. Now you think about that spiritually. You know, if I sat there and watched one TV show after another with a man kissing a man so long, I'll get used to it and that's just normal. Let me tell you that's not normal. That's against the word of God. Be careful, preacher. That's going out on, on the air. Amen. Oh, my double people listen. God wants us to know that. 
Christians don't do that. If God saves the homosexual, he will take the homosexual away from him. You want to say amen, don't you, Steve? God has one standard. And that standard is that I ought to have a goal to be just like Jesus. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Wait a minute. You mean God has a right to set the rules in my life? Let's Let's read it again. Maybe I misread that. He said, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. If God, Son, happened to take upon himself flesh this week, would you have felt comfortable taking him where you went? Would he like to watch what you watch? See, once you receive Christ, you can say, Jesus lives in me. You may not fully understand it. You may not feel it all the time. But it is so because it is so. Jesus, in the form of the Spirit, has lived with me ever since that Tuesday morning on US 25 when God saved my soul. Christ for us is a wonderful thought. Christ with us is even more thrilling. Christ in us is unspeakable glory. Think about it. Of all the people in the universe, God chose you. He chose you. Despite you, he chose you. Now when he chose you and he came to live inside of you with the Holy Spirit, what happened? Well, let me tell you, a changed life took place. Yeah. A changed life took place. What is different in your life now 
Could you make a list of what is different since Jesus came into your heart? That's what we ought to be able to do. What is the difference? What is the different way that I view females since me and my wife said I do? You know, sometimes when we get old and you young people will get old and the body changes, you know, and But you want to know how you love your wife or how you love your husband? They just get prettier every day in your mind. That's right. Exactly right. Because you fell in love with more than that body. Two bits. You can find that body. But it's a gift of God when he gives you that husband or wife. See, God tells us that uh, the life which I now live in the flesh speaks of the sanctification of our life. We spend time with me thinking about the word now. The opposite of the word now is then. And I've said this many a times. As much as I love my Savior today, I don't know if I really loved him when I got saved. You know, it was all emotional. Didn't understand. I really didn't understand that if I was the only person in the, this whole universe to be saved, Jesus Christ would have had to shed his blood. But when he died for me, I was his enemy. And I'm ashamed to say that many a day I'm still his enemy. I act like his enemy. I let people get to me. I get upset. See, what you got to do is study old Paul. You see Saul before the Damascus Road changed. Pharisee, Christian killer. Blind by his religion. After the Damascus Road, what was Paul? He was a devoted Christian, zealous preacher, missionary, and church planner. You know why? It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 when he said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now, it didn't say if any man knows about Christ. It says, 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things will pass away. Behold, all things have become new. And I've counseled people. I've counseled couples that said, that's not the same person I married. We loved each other. We had fun. And then he went and made a profession of faith. And it's different now. Hey, it's different now. Since Jesus came into my heart, it's different now. If there's no difference, you don't have it. And if you can't brag on him, you're out of his will. How do you experience this changed life? Our effort are worthless. It is not through reformation. I had a man tell me such a couple of weeks ago, I know I'm saved. I don't cuss. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I love my wife. I love my children. And you think you're saved because of that? Now, you may think the same thing. If you're saved, you're saved because God chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. And when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary, you're was on his mind. When Jesus was on the cross, I was on his mind. You remember that song? Yes, I was on his mind. And I'm still on his mind. How do we experience changed life? Well, our efforts are worthless. It's not through reformation. You know, I know some lost people, church, that lives a cleaner life than some Christians. I'm telling you. But they're not saved. Because they've never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that song is different now. It'll mean a lot to you. It's different now. Oh, so different since Jesus came into my life. The changes we so desperately need and want comes by the residence of the release of the person of Christ. See, Ephesians 3.17 said that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. First John 4.4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I mean, Russia has got enough lined up on the borders of the range, it's just demolished. But are any of you familiar when that whole group of people and Jesus just opened up the earth and closed it back? You know Jesus can do that. What a wonderful change in my life. 
has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Christianity then is simply Jesus Christ living in our bodies, minding his own business. Christ gives us a new desire for holiness, for God and for heaven. It is not that we cannot sin again. We can. We can. But there is a progressive change in our way of living. I want you to answer this question to yourself. Do you feel closer to the Lord now than you did yesterday? For anybody that can say, yes, you're backslidden. This altar ought to be full when I give the invitation. If you can't say yes. Because Jesus Christ changes us day by day. It's not only a changed life, it's a controlled life. You know. Job asked the question, if a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, we shall not sleep, but we shall all be changed. Every time I preach a funeral and I go out to the cemetery, I said, That grave can't hold them. Concrete vault, steel vault, double vault. When Christ comes, You believe that? I do. It's a confident life because he who loved me and gave his life for me, see, it takes full circle back to the cross. What started at the cross? Jesus said, I am crucified, but he was crucified with Christ, ends with the Christ, with the cross, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you know this? Are you here this morning and you know that Christ died for you? Amen. He was buried for you. He arose for you. And one day, praise God, he's coming back. Amen. Could be today. See, it's a confident life who loved me and gave himself for me. Jack Taylor illustrates it this way. I thought it was good, so I wanted to share it with you. He said, here's a cup of water and buy it a tea bag. The water is not the tea and the tea is not the water. Amen? They are two separate items. The water is heated in the tea bag Placed in the water, a strange thing takes place. The water changes color. It changes nature. It becomes indwelled by a new dominant nature. The rich tea color swells, 
swirls around the cup until the flood is tea, not water. Water existed now is for the tea to exist. Water to exist now is for the tea to exist. Christ lives forever. That's the reason I exist. I was just a little tea bag. Nothing by itself. But the water of the word came in and changed that old tea bag. Changed this old sinner into something useful. The water could say it's no longer I that lives, but the tea that lives in me. Not many people I know drink hot water. There isn't much demand for it. But if that water heated in preparation can be made to become a wholesome and stimulating drink, that is worthwhile. You're not much by yourself. If you're here and lost, you're just a sinner waiting for God to say, it's your turn. And quicker than I can say amen, you'll enter hell. If you're lost. That's how fast. He said, you're scaring people. You can't scare nobody into being saved. The devil used that trick years and years ago. Only God can quicken you and make you alive. So the Christ is just a cup of water which when heated with faith entered by the Savior becomes something else. The Christ's nature comes into him and with his consent dominates. He becomes more and more like Christ and less and less unto him. That's why the lady was upset. I didn't marry this churchgoer. I married him because he was fun and, and we went out and drank and we went out and partied. I mean, you know, life was worth living and then Christ came into his life and He's dull. I'd rather be a dull Christian on my way to glory than a lively sinner on my way to hell. But see, she looked at it all wrong. Christians ought to be the happiest, joyful people in the world. (laughs) You know, I told Dr. Westmoreland, she said, do you ever think about dying? I said, oh, probably four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day. She said, really? Are you done? You shouldn't be doing that. I said, 
I want to be with my Savior. But don't you worry, Dr. Westmoreland. I'm not going. And furthermore, I can't go until he says, come up hither. That lady probably got more degrees than I'd got money. She looked at me like, you're trading a lunatic. I was serious. I can't go until Christ is ready for me. And until he's finished with me, he will keep me in some type of physical condition so I can serve him. So as we close, four statements and I ask solemnly to be in I am crucified with Christ and the cross has set me free. I have risen again with Jesus and he lives and reigns in me. It is sweet to die with Jesus to the world and self and sin. It is sweet to live with Jesus as he lives and reigns within. If God has spoken, song leader, the piano's come.